guys, welcome back to the Financial Flex with Lex podcast. I'm your host, Lex, and happy Tuesday. I'm going to make today's intro super short because after a very long hiatus, we finally have a guest on the show, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. So with that being said, let's just jump right in. All right, I'm sure y'all know that we can't just jump right in without me giving a little disclaimer that the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent my employer. And also any financial advice that's given on the show is literally not advice. It's just thoughts not to be taken seriously. If you actually need financial help, definitely go seek out a professional. Google is your friend. All right. Let's introduce today's guest. So on today's episode, I have Juju from the 1% of Juju podcast. I was on his show um, about, mm, I'd say like maybe two or three months ago. So definitely check that out if you if you haven't. Um, I'll link that episode in the show notes. But um, yeah, Juju started his financial journey as a financial planner out of college. And he quickly figured out that personal finance was something not enough people knew about. So that's where the idea of his podcast, 1% of Juju, came about. And now he spends a lot of his time helping people navigate personal finance, real estate, business, and personal development. I am so happy that I had this conversation with Juju because I think we just talked about feels like everything like we talked about crypto we talked about money trauma money mindset uh, anxiety with money like literally everything but it all boils down to covering the basics and you'll be good so I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast feel free to leave a five-star review and comment all right bye guys Hi everyone. Uh, my name is one uh, percent. Well, my name is Juju. Sorry, but uh, I am the host of the One Percent of Juju podcast. Um, you know, the way I started that podcast, I really, um, I became fascinated about money pretty early on before going to university. And uh, in my time there, I just realized that it's actually a really interesting topic. And I've had made a lot of mistakes, but had some successes and figured some things out, such as real estate and investing in the stock market. And I just decided, oh, it might be a good idea um, to share the knowledge with someone else and see if if someone else can, can find some value in that. So it's a little bit about myself and that's how I got here. I'm also a, you know, I work in tech sales. I work uh, uh, for a, uh, you know, one of the big financial, uh, not big financial companies, but one of the big companies tech firms that is out there and uh, I work in sales there. So really excited to be here and have the conversation with uh, the wonderful X. I love that. So excited to speak with you today. I haven't done an interview in so long, so I'm just <laughs> so excited to like speak with you. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> before we jump in to like, you know, the financial situation of it all, um, I want to start off with like an icebreaker question. So if you could receive free items from one name brand for life, what would it be? That's such a tough question because it's the for life that really gets me right. Because I'm, I'm thinking I'm such a seasonal and uh, I go through phases. 
But I think that right now I'm through a phase. So I'm running a marathon in two weeks. So I've been, yeah, I had the same reaction when people asked me to do it. So uh, <laughs> not super excited about it, but we're doing it. Uh, and I would say like Gymshark is probably something like I buy a lot of like gym clothes right now. And I've always been very big into working out overall. So I would say like right now I'm probably through a Gymshark phase, which I really, I really like the product and things like that. That's the first one that comes to mind, but um, yeah, it's not very excited about running the marathon, um, but it's going to happen. And one way or another, we, we're going to have to cross that finish line. <clears throat> Honestly, free gym clothes for life is such a smart answer because good quality gym clothes are so exactly. expensive. Yeah. yeah. And um, isn't a marathon literally like 12 miles or like 13.5 miles or something? Oh, no, no, no. Now you're thinking half. We're talking 26 and 26.2 miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not going to be enjoyable. I'm not going to enjoy any any of it. Not a second. But, you know, we're just going to put one foot in front of the other until they say I'm done. Hopefully. I am shocked. Um, are you a runner? Like, so you like, no, you're not going to pass not out, at are all. you? It's, it's, um, it's really a sad story. So a couple of my coworkers, they all decided like, Hey, it would be a good idea as a team bonding event to run a marathon together. I fought against it. And finally I decided like, okay, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it with you guys. And then at the, at some point, all of them ended up dropping out, you know, some needed to travel, some got hurt, all different reasons, but I got, I'm the only one that got stuck in it. And I was like, you know what? I don't ever want to do the training again. So I'm just going to do it, say that I'm a marathon finisher. And then I'm going to throw all pair of running shoes that own away and never look at them again. Love the determination. <laughs> Last man yeah. standing. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm at. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of that. But I'm not a runner at all. I don't enjoy it. And I'm, I'm not going to be doing it beyond beyond that marathon. <laughs> Honestly, running 26 miles, I feel like you don't ever have to run again in your exactly. life. Exactly. <laughs> I've done it for my life. So <laughs> exactly. Um, so I know currently you're like super immersed in the finance world, mm. but growing up, what conversations did or didn't you have like around money? Like what was money like in your household? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I think that money was what I knew about money was just money being tight. And I didn't really understand why uh, we didn't have a ton of conversations. You know, I grew up in a single mother household. So I grew up with my, my mom alone and she knew what she knew at that time. And um, the conversations we were having were very basic and it was more around frugality and living below your means and, you know, trying to spend the least amount of money as possible. But I think that I did get exposed to a new world when going to university, when really understanding things like compounding interest and the power of, you know, investing your money and having your money work for you. But it's not something that I learned very early on. The, the way I got really interested in it was I watched a documentary called, um, so I played football in, um, in college, but right before I was going to go to college, I wasn't sure what I was going to major in. And I watched a documentary with uh, one of my best friends and, um, it was called Broke. It was about um, former professional athletes that eventually go on and uh, 
spend millions of dollars of their their money that they made over the course of their career and that's really that sparked my interest and i was like what can i do about it how can i be different um and that's really what what sparked almost like an interest in the financial world and and and, and that change but the conversations that we're having were very uh, very yeah very mi- minimal to say the least so with that do you think that you have any stressors or trauma when it comes to money? Like, for example, never having enough. I was listening to um, a podcast a few days ago and it was the podcast was about like visualizing your dream life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of and one of the hosts said that one of the things, one of the aspects of her life that she never really worries about is money. Like she's just never worried about it. It's not yeah. something. And I was like, wow, that must be so nice because I'm like, for me, that's the complete opposite. Like I'm always stressed that I'm not going to have enough money that I'm going to like run out or whatever. Like I'm, for me, I'm like, I almost have like a scarcity mindset when it comes to money, Yeah. but I, I think that's because of how I grew up and that's just how money was like talked about like there was just never enough never enough never enough so I wonder like what about you that's that's such a good question and I can I can definitely understand people that you know that especially that come from similar backgrounds to to ours that may think that that way but I would say I actually think the opposite now um and I've really had to work myself into that so my first job out of school was being a financial advisor and one thing that we used to teach is you know, the power of taking care of like your, the security aspect of your financial plan. So making sure that you have the right emergency fund in place, that you have the right insurance. They're here so you don't have to stress about what if and what could happen, right? Like diversification, all these different things. And when you build your financial plan all together, uh, the goal of that is for you to actually go out and on your day-to-day enjoy your life and enjoy the money that you have and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So I would say that the opposite has happened for me over the course of the year. And also, I just remember growing up and never really, you know, we didn't have money, but we always we always made it to the next day and it was hard, but we always had each other and we always had each other's back. And I think that that's something really beautiful that I kind of took on with me in life where now I'm realizing I'm like, you know, you can take all the money that I've made over the course of the years away and you can, um, you know, everything that I saved, invested, you know, start me from scratch. I've learned, you know, the work ethic to get myself here. And also, even if I had nothing, I'll still be okay. You know, I'll still be alive. I'll still make it to the next day. So I think that that's, those are the things that allow me not to stress, but um, definitely understand for a lot of people, they're getting to points where they're making more money than they ever have before. And they're still stressing the same way about money. Um, and it's definitely something that I have a lot of compassion for and I understand. Yeah, that's that last part. That's literally me. I'm like making the most I've ever made. And I'm just like, still so stressed about it, but I need to just yeah. kind of work on my mindset. Cause I think a lot of it too, just stems from me just being naturally anxious. So mm-hmm. that's, a conversation for another day. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I totally get that. I think that that's something that that's very fair. That's very valid. Um, and, and I think that it's it's about putting the, the steps in place. I think that um, very often, especially when you look around, right, like it just seems like there's always someone doing better than you. And there's someone that seems to have it right or be doing it the right way. And you may look around and you're like, wait, I'm not. 22 year old having made, you know, 10 million on a, on one NFT. And I know we might get into that conversation uh, 
later on, but uh, you might look around and say like, oh my goodness, I'm so far behind. And in reality, it's like, no, you're, you're fine, right? Like, so it's like working through that and finding, you know, what are the strategies? What is my situation? And what are the strategies that I have in place to get me towards my goal? And as long as I know on a day-to-day basis that I'm working towards my goal, I don't need to stress or more than that, right? I just need to work on, on getting better and things of that nature. No, for sure. I feel like once you kind of, like you said, put those guardrails, those safety nets in place, it's kind of like, why are you worrying? Like you've taken yeah. care of what you need to take care of. 100%. So, <laughs> I get that. Um, so you you mentioned earlier that like your financial journey kind of like was sparked by a documentary, like right before you went off to like university. So can That's you talk? Right. A, can you talk a little bit more about that moment? Yeah. So I was watching, like I said, I was just a kid before going to university, having no idea of, about life, no idea about finances and, and really what I wanted to do next. And I remember watching this and just, I always thought, you know, there's some things that, you know, I've been able to accomplish over the course of my life that I never thought were going to be possible, but certainly looking at the idea of making millions of dollars in my mind, it was like this thing that like, well, once you have a million dollars come in the door, there's no way you can lose it, right? There's no way that you can leave. And I think that that documentary, what it allowed me to see was like, hold on, there's this whole idea of, you know, making money. That's one thing. But then there's like the preserving and growing and, you know, taking your money to the next step. And how does that come into play and like trusting the right people, right? And, and a lot of that was just a lot of making bad decisions. And I think about where I come from, you know, some of my culture and the, the neighborhoods that I grew up in, it was a lo- whole lot of make money, spend money, make money, spend money, right? So it's, we, we, we glorified like a little bit of this, same thing, these athletes, the entertainers and that culture. So it was, even though we were making $50,000 a year, we wanted to live like the rappers that are making millions of dollars a year. So that's always my relationship that I had with money. And that kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, wait, no matter how much money you make, that thing can be gone any day. So now having an idea of, okay, well, how do I instead make that money grow and make that money, you know, last for a very long time, that became a lot more interesting to me. And now it turned into, you know, at this point in my life, it turned into, okay, well, now I want to figure out how much, how many things I want to, I can buy, um, how many, I, you know, how many things can I buy that are going to continue making money for me? And that's a little bit of my goal now. No, I literally love that this year. That reminds me of, I'm on TikTok way too much, but there is this, <laughs> there is this TikTok that I came across and it was, I know nothing about sports, but I know he was a basketball player and mm-hmm. he was, he was sitting down with like three other guys. And he was basically saying that he no longer has any money because all of the people around him stole from him, like including his yeah. mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, like having money when you're at that level is such a blessing, but it can also be such a curse. Cause it's like, if you're in, like, if you're around people who don't know how to manage money or who've never really been around that kind of money before, it's yeah. like so hard, like to know who to trust. And it was just really sad to kind of like see this guy who's probably worked so hard to get to that moment and like basically have nothing to show for it, be broke at yeah. the end of the day. And, and I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't even blame, I don't blame the guy. I don't, I don't even blame his family and friends, to be honest, because you get to that point and we have so little 
financial education in some of our neighborhoods that when we see someone, well, they just signed a $5 million contract. We just assume that they have an unlimited source of money that's never going to run out. Right. So we're just like, Hey, well, I need, you know, my share of it. And, um, and you're an emotional person. You're like, well, these are people that care about me. They, they, there's no way that they want to harm me or in any way, shape or form. And I want to give back to them because they've been supportive to me all my life. Okay, perfect. I'm going to, you know, give them this amount of money. I'm going to buy this person a car. I'm going to pay this person's rent. And then you realize, okay, well, I just did that for a lot of people. And now this, this source of money is running out or not have an injury or whatever it is. And, you know, that can be applicable to anything and it can be at any scale, right? Like even someone that goes out and makes a hundred thousand dollars a year for the first year and now feels like, Oh, I got it. Like, you know, I finally made it. And you start dishing money out and you're like, wait, the, you know, life is expensive and I actually can't afford to do some of these crazy things. So um, it comes from financial education and it has to be, you know, and that's why the things that you're, you're doing, the things that we're doing, I think are becoming so important because we have access to a lot more of this information and we got to be in people's face. So I take that responsibility on, on, on us really to educate people on those things. No, 100%. Like education is key and yeah. financial education is even more <laughs> of like a freaking golden ticket because it's just like money is power. And so just being able to guess just have your money, like know how to manage your money and have it work yeah. for you. Like once you've learned that, like, I feel like, I don't know, you're in like, you're on your way. Um, yeah, 100%. So how has that moment changed the trajectory of your life, you think? Um, it changed it tremendously. I think that, I, I mean, number one, I would say just the idea of thinking about money in a different way. I think that once you start thinking about money as far as like, how much time does it allow me, does it give back to me? Right. So there's this idea of like, you know, being the difference between being rich and being wealthy now. Um, and you hear like I'm, I'm an avid book reader and there's a few books that speak about that specifically. And it's like, OK, well, if you're let's say you're making five hundred thousand dollars a year, but your lifestyle is costing you four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Right. Well, at that point, you're even if you have five hundred thousand dollars saved up you can only, you know, your time can only afford you one year or your money or your wealth can only afford you one year. But if you're making $70,000 a year, but your lifestyle is $30,000 a year and you have the same $500,000 saved up right now, you have a couple years um, afforded to you. So just looking at things differently. And that's what that time and that moment made, did for me is I just look at money in a completely different way where now I understand like, okay, well, I want money to give me the flexibility to one day be able to say like, Hey, listen, I want to spend more time with my family and stay at home and not go to this job. That's why I want the money to do for me. Hey, listen, I want, you know, to be able to give back to my community and, you know, empower the people, create jobs, all these different things that I want to do. That's the way I look at money now, instead of just looking at it as like, okay, money is there. I go to work, I pay rent and then re rinse and repeat over and over again. 
Right. So money pretty much allows you, well, you just becoming more financially savvy has just allowed you to become, what's the word I'm looking for? Like free, like you, like you have more freedom and you have options. Like you're not That's right. bound yeah. to anything. And and I'm assuming you're, you're familiar with like the fire movement. Yeah. So, and, and that's really what it's about. Right. Cause I think that very often, like I used to ask people like, what, when do you want to retire? But especially when you're young, you're not thinking about retirement because you have all this energy. Like if I retired today, what would I do? Right. Like I just what sit here in, in my basement and like play video games all day. Like, you know, there's nothing else to do, but it's the idea of retire, uh, you know, financially independent retire early. So it's, I know that I'm going to work because there's more for me to learn. There's more for me, you know, there's more people for me to connect with and all these, these different things. So that's the way to really start to looking at money is, okay, um, you know, it's there, I have it, but I don't, it's not necessarily just like this rat race where I just go and I have to go to work because I have to pay for this expensive house and this expensive car and these expensive clothes that I, that I need to re-up every season and all these different things. So yeah, it, it is that freedom um, that really is beautiful when you think about money because it's not about necessarily being a materialistic person but it's more about the freedom and being able to have the impact that you want, want to have in the world. Right. Money is like no longer you're driving force to go to work. You're no longer like, Oh my gosh, I have to get up because I have That's to right. like work to make ends meet. It's more so like, Oh, because I really enjoy what I'm doing or exactly. I'm learning. So yeah, for sure. I get that. Yeah. Um, so switching gears a little bit, what's mm -hmm. the worst piece of advice you've received from you've received from someone about money? Uh, you don't have to say any names. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, just the thing is, so this is actually a good piece of advice. It just, it, it would have been terrible if I actually followed it for myself. Um, and okay, I'll, I'll put this whole disclaimer on it and I'll speak about it some more, but, um, the worst piece of advice in my opinion would have been, um, to be afraid of debt. And, I think that a lot of people in this world are really, really afraid of that. And, you know, they look at it at like a really, really bad thing because it's done some really, really bad things for some people. Right. And it's if you're not understanding the difference between good debt and bad debt and how to leverage that and how to use it, then, yeah, it can be terrible. Right. So if you go out and you put $10,000 on a credit card and then you don't pay it for 10 years. Well, now you have $20,000 to pay back. Well, that's not a good thing. And now it's harder to pay back. Um, but if you go out and you take out a mortgage over the course of time, and instead of paying it off early, you invest that money that you would use to pay it off early into the stock market and go earn interest on that as well, you would have made a whole lot more money. So it's really understanding the differences between all these debts and knowing how to leverage it. So I would say that that's probably the worst piece of advice. But overall, I think that with advice, I'm always, I always take everything with a grain of salt. So I'm not telling everyone right now, just go out and take on a bunch of debt and, and, um, and be irresponsible because uh, this guy on, on, um, on Lex's podcast told you to do so. But um, I, I am saying, you know, definitely do some like educate yourself and like find out, you know, how can you leverage it? Where can it be smart to for you to use it? And how can it help you for you to take advantage of it instead of the bank taking advantage of you? Right. I always say like 
personal finance is just that it's literally personal. So it's yep. kind of like what works for you may not work exactly. for me. And, you know, you just kind of have to figure out like, okay, what's my end game? What's my goal and how do I get there? And then, you know, pick and choose what advice you decide to listen to. But I think 100%. You know, an important piece of what you said is like, go out there and do your own research. I think because we're just, you know, we're all on our phones, Instagram, TikTok, like YouTube. It's just so easy to like, let people tell us what to do mm -hmm. instead of us like going out and doing the research and figuring out like, okay, like this doesn't make sense for me. So I'm not going to do it or, oh yeah, you know what? It does make sense for me. I'm going to try it. I, I totally agree with you. And that's so, in my opinion, it's so sad when I look at this because there's a lot of people that have a very large platform out there that and that's the way they teach right it's, it's like what are you doing why are you doing this you know why are you keeping money in the bank or why you do you, you know even for myself like that's a person that that you know likes to leverage debt to some extent i would never stand on my platform and just tell people no just go out and take or do the exact same thing as me because the reality is I also have a high risk tolerance, right? And I remember when I was a financial advisor, I'd be like, well, here's the mathematical, logical reason. But now let's talk about the feeling reason, because if you're going to make the logical decision, but every night you're going to not, you're not going to be able to sleep because you're like, well, I have this debt that's weighing me down. Then the mathematical reason goes out the door. It, it doesn't make sense anymore because now this is creating, you, you were talking about anxiety earlier on and things of that nature. So we all have a different risk tolerance. We're starting at a different point. We have different, you know, situations are all also different. So you said it exactly right. It's personal finance for a reason. Right. So what do you think is your biggest money regret in the last five years? Oh, biggest money regret. Um, probably, I would say probably not, you, you know, I, I, I wasn't always this, um, risk averse and things of that nature. And I remember when I bought my first property, um, a couple of years ago, it was a couple of years before COVID. Um, and I remember being like very, very scared and things of that nature that I'm making a bad decision or, um, and I really held back. And I think that I could have done a lot more and maximize a lot more of, of my money over the course of the years, um, by investing more, um, in the past few years. And I think that obviously hindsight 2020, like things could have been, went, went south as well, but looking at the, the market, I think that it's always easier to, to say, oh, well, um, I wish I would have invested more here or wish I would have waited for this time to invest, but you never know that. But I would say that my biggest regret, I don't really have regrets. That's why that's, this question is so hard is because like I live every day and I'm, I just learn. It's like, okay, cool. We made a mistake here. I learned. Um, oh, actually I do have one. Never mind. I should have <laughs> put more thoughts into these questions when, when you sent them to me, but um, the, the, the one that I have, I would say, so I had a real estate deal last year that ended up going south and going really, really bad, um, losing me a whole lot of money. And I would say that the biggest regret that I have in this situation is trusting the wrong people. Um, and it's blindly doing, putting my trust and not listening necessarily to the people that are in my circle that are around me, uh, like my family and things like that, when they're like, eh, I don't know about this. So um, when you're going out and you're, you're, you're 
getting all these people in because I call it your team. Like everything you do when it comes to finances, you have to think about it. Well, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a house, right? Your realtor, your mortgage agent, your, um, your lawyer, all these people, they're all part of your team. Um, so picking that team very, very carefully um, and going out and asking them questions and making sure that they can answer those questions clearly. And if you see any red flags, um, to be able to call them out, like if they're answering some questions in a way that, you know, they're trying to use big words to confuse you. So you're like, oh, this is where we're my league. I'm just going to trust them. Well, that's not a good thing. Um, so I would say like that's probably one of my biggest mistakes. But once again, I don't necessarily regret it because I've learned so much from that experience. And, uh, um, and I'm taking that with me moving forward. Right. I feel like crap I forgot what I was gonna say there's oh my gosh there's this phrase whatever you learned a lesson it it didn't turn out it didn't turn out to be like a really bad emergency like you didn't die you're still here exactly and like you know what I mean so it's just like every mistake is just like a lesson learned for sure so and you'll learn that and like when we were talking earlier about being very anxious when you uh, when you're thinking about money is like you go through things like that and you're like oh okay, I'm still here, you know, and I still made it through. And and then you start, you go through enough bad stuff at some point where you realize like, wait, nothing's really that bad. You know, it gets tough, it gets hard, but you know, overall I make it through and, and then you start getting slowly a little bit less and less stressed. Honestly. Yeah. You like have to literally like pinch yourself and be like, wait, like I'm still alive. I'm not in a hospital yeah. bed, like relax. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so I don't even know, is this like web three NFTs, like cryptocurrency, like that is just the talk of the finance town. I personally (laughs) don't know anything about it and I'm not really, and I don't know, I guess just out of sheer disinterest, like I haven't really like, I don't know, done my research, but like, what are your thoughts about it? Where do you think it's headed? Like, is this, is this the new way? Is this the new future? Is this something I need to like look into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I would say yes and no. So that's something that obviously, you know, being in this space, I've um I've been stuck doing an unhealthy amount of research on that and and wanting to be, be educated on the topic. Um the the simple answer is like there's just it's hard for me to not see that as the future. It, it makes a lot of sense, right? And I'm by no means a crypto expert, so I'm not going to go in depth into trying to explain to people what a non-fungible token is and what you know what's happening on the blockchain and things of that nature, right? So um, if you if you you go out and you you look up a video whether it's on YouTube or or try to pick up any books, they'll be able to explain that to you in simple terms, uh, but. It's going to make a lot of sense. Now, a lot of people are very afraid of it now. They're very scared of it now. And one thing, the way I would explain it to someone is around the year 2000 to 2003, people thought the, or late 90s to 2003, people thought the exact same thing about the internet. People were like, well, what? No, no one's ever going to go buy anything on the internet or, you know, research anything on the internet. And that was this crazy thing. And this crazy idea that people were like, you guys are nuts. And this is a little bit of the same thing that's happening now um, with this space. And I think that it's something very interesting to look into. Now, one thing, you know, and I rarely say that people do this or don't do this, 
one thing I'm, I'm going to tell the people not to do is just blindly because of that, go in and invest in any cryptocurrency or any NFT, because the reality is all, another thing that happened in uh, those internet years during the late nineties and two thousands is about 95% of those internet companies or tech companies crashed completely. And then they rebuilt the right way. And that's exactly what's going on in this NFT crypto, you know, web three world that you, that you're referencing right now is there's a whole lot of people that are making money that probably aren't supposed to be making money. And 98% of those projects are probably going to crash, but the 2% that stick, they're going to be, you know, big time. Now there's nothing wrong with waiting a little bit and figuring out, okay, what are some of these really quality projects or things of that nature and doing that research. But I think that right now, a lot of people are getting that fear of missing out. They think that like, I just need to jump in right now. And those people are going to be losing a lot of money. We're still at a stage with that, that you have time to go out, do hours and hours and hours of research and finding out and figuring out, okay, this is what it is. This is what makes a project successful. Cause those are things that I haven't even figured out yet. You know, I still leverage a lot of my mentors and a lot of like people that I know spend way more time than I do on there uh, to make some of those decisions. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that fear of just missing out. You're like, Oh my gosh, everyone's talking about it. Like I need to, especially if it's something that has potential to make you like a multimillionaire or a billionaire. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, oh crap, like let me get my points together and like yeah. invest in this stuff. But then I don't know. Some it's just like, wait, take a step back, like relax yeah. and do your research first and see. Like I downloaded Robinhood a couple months ago because I was like, oh, like let me just like, I don't know, play around and see. And like yeah. I barely put any money into it. But like seeing some of my stocks, like perform poorly and see my money drop. I'm like, Oh no, like I don't have the stomach for that. So I can't even yeah, imagine yeah. like trying to invest in like Bitcoin and like just how volatile, volatile, whatever that yeah, yeah, market yeah. is. No, hundred percent. And I think, you know, you, you kind of look at that and like you're saying, it's like anything that has the potential of making you a, a multimillionaire overnight also has the potential of like having you go broke overnight. Right. So there's no, really such thing as like a um i don't know there's no such thing as as like a sure investment that's going to otherwise you know there there would be like everyone would be invested in it right now and you know there'd be no conversation about it okay but i think that over time if you look at in the long run you know it has the potential to do some great things and it's uh, you know, you, you have time. I look at it like it's the same thing with the housing market, right? Like I think that in the past two years, a lot of people are looking at this and they're like, oh my goodness, I need to buy something right now or I'm never going to be able to buy. And at some point there's going to be, you know, a, a certain level or cap or a certain bubble that bursts where people are like, okay, well, hold on. I'm not going to, um, I know you, you live in Georgia and uh, I don't know if you think about the smallest town in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, there's only so much that people are going to be willing to buy a one bedroom condo in that small town in Georgia. Right. So um, at some point that bubble is going to be in that market is going to going to say, OK, let's slow down. Let's figure this out, whether it's, you know, with government interactions and things of that nature. Uh, so 
I urge people, especially young people, don't be in too much of a rush. Trust the process, right? Which is live below your mean, learn how to invest, learn how to build an emergency fund, pay off your debts and, and things of that nature. Um, and things are going to work out for you. Basics. It's the basics. <laughs> the basics. It, it works. It's boring, but it works. And it's going to take you where you want to be. Exactly. So um, before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. Um, yeah. If if you could talk to your 18 year old self, what money advice would you give you? Yeah, I think that the first thing before anything in, in, uh, when it comes to finance, personal finance, I would say, um, learn to live below your means, right? So if you're making 20, $30,000 a year, learn to live off of 10 or 15, right? Um, always live below your means, always learn to, to not spend, you know, more than, what you have, uh, because from there you can do a lot of things, right? If you now figure out how to make money, that's the, you know, first step is living below your means. The second step is earning more. Next step is okay, going out, investing that money, getting that money, putting that money to work. So, um, I think that that would be number one for me. That would be uh, the the biggest piece that I would give myself um, at eighteen, and just um, you know, going back, learning that and. Um, there's probably a lot of opportunities that I lost on. And no, I don't necessarily, once again, I don't regret it. I learned and uh, still in a pretty good situation. Like I wouldn't complain too much, but that would be the advice that I give myself at that point. Love it. So where can the people find you, keep tabs on you? Let us know. Certainly, certainly. So my podcast is called the One Percenter Juju Podcast. It's on all platforms. Uh, we are on YouTube as well for people that enjoy the the visuals. People can come uh, see the interview that we did together, which uh, was a wonderful time for me as well. Yes. Um, and on all social media, One um, of Juju on Instagram. Uh, same thing on Twitter. I'll be very honest. I am pretty boring on Twitter. I'm still figuring out how to use all those social medias and I'm on TikTok as well. But like I said, I am, I'm learning, give me some grace guys. So, um, the social media is not my strength. I know I, I'm, I'm more a numbers person. And, uh, I know that there's a lot of great people out there that do the, the whole social media stuff. So, um, I applaud all you guys that do that, do it all. And, uh, that, that have figured out how to do it, but, um, yeah, that's where to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I'm so excited to get this episode out. I feel like some gems were dropped. No, no, it was a pleasure. I was really excited for this uh, ever since uh, we had the conversation together. So thanks so much for having me.